Welcome to Light Church. We're so glad you could join us for this weekly message. We hope this message leaves you feeling inspired and equipped to be all that you were made to be. Hey, welcome to Light Church. Welcome to our virtual gathering. However you found us, whoever you are, whatever your story is, if this is your first time or your thousandth time, Whatever it is, we're just so glad you decided to join us today. Like I said, today we are going to be starting a brand new series called Essentials. Essentials is going to be looking at the key, fundamental, core, essential beliefs of the Christian faith. So if you are here for the first time, you picked a great day to come. And if you're here for, you've been with us for a while, this is a perfect opportunity for God to reveal more of himself to you, for you to be reminded of the foundations of our faith. This is going to be really important. I'm really excited for this series. And like I said, today we're going to be starting on who is God. We're going to be looking at this real important fundamental belief. These are kind of things you don't want to be straying from. So if I say some things that maybe rub you up the wrong way, I really want to encourage you to grab hold of them, dig for yourself, go off and read. I've put tons of scripture in this. Like the Bible informs everything that we do. It's God's revealed word to us. So I've used the Bible as the plumb line for all of these things. So I encourage you, if you disagree or if you find yourself on the outside of these, I want to encourage you to do some digging, do some work, do some wrestling. Uh, and Because it's often the, the idea that small minds reject things that they don't understand, that they don't know. Whereas we want to be people with broad minds, with broad thinking. So I encourage you, if you find yourself in, hmm, do some reading, do some research, dig into it, and we can grow together. But uh, before we jump in, uh, lockdown has been an interesting journey for so many people. And I know on a physical level, me personally, I maybe found myself a few months ago in a place uh, that I maybe realized that I wasn't in the shape that I've been in in previous years. And maybe wasn't in uh, the, the, the fitness state um, that I've been in in previous years. I decided to make a change. Me and a friend, we decided to go to the gym. We got into this routine. Then I decided I'm going to be intentional about my diet. So me and Holly, we started meal prepping. We were intentional about every single calorie that has been going into our bodies. We, we've known everything has been planned out. We've been following some things. And uh, I was at the gym on Friday, Friday morning. And uh, on a Friday morning, we usually get ready at the gym and we do some work in the coffee shop. And uh, it, it was interesting. I don't know what your relationship with packing is like. I, I, I see those people that have their suitcase out and packed like, I don't know, a week before they go away or something. I, I'm not definitely not one of those people. Uh, I'm more of a, I'd like to think I was prepared, but in all honesty, I'm the type of guy who packs 17 outfits for like two days away because I might just need it. You know, I prepare for like every occasion. What happens if I suddenly need to go scuba diving today? Like I'm prepared, don't worry. And it's like, you're going somewhere that has no water. Uh, It's like one of those, I just leave it to the very last minute and scoop so much stuff. So anyway, Friday morning, I usually have my bag out, but for some reason I forgot. And I had to like quickly pack before I went to the gym. Now I kind of threw everything in there, had everything I needed, I had my outfit for the day, I had all my stuff for working, I had my shoes, I had everything that I needed. I had a towel, because so many people forget a towel when you got to pre-plan the packing, you know, but I remembered a towel, I remembered every single thing I needed. So got to the gym, go into um, the, the change rooms and realized like, ah, oh, I'd forgotten one of the most important things 
I've forgotten my water. Now you can't really go to the gym without a bottle of water, especially like the workout I was gonna do. I was ready to put in, like, put in some effort and I've forgotten my water and I thought, right, that's really annoying, but it's a gym, they'll sell water somewhere. So went up to the gym, looked around and there was a vending machine. And I get to the vending machine and the thing was empty, like empty. There was just like rows and rows and rows, empty. And then there was like Coke and Pepsi and Tango and all the stuff. And there was like chocolate milk at a gym. It's like all this random stuff that I just was like, what am I gonna do with this? Firstly, I was like, I am not putting that stuff in me. I've just spent a month or two months like being super intentional about like force feeding myself edamame beans at 10 o'clock at night because this plan told me to, like gotta get your protein in somehow. And like, I've been so intentional. I'm looking at all this stuff thinking, I'm not having any of this stuff, but nowhere sold water. So I picked the thing that I thought was like, the, the, the lesser of all the evils, and I pick this thing, this stuff. So if you've never had this stuff, let me describe it for you. It's like a concoction of male aftershave and petrol. I mean, like, I swear you could clean iron with this stuff. And like, for a start, for a start it's fizzy. Like, the stuff is fizzy. Who puts fizzy stuff in a gym? Like, I'm gonna go work out with fizzy stuff anyway. This is the best I had, and it was about 75 pounds for 500 milliliters. It's all I could get, okay? All I could get in the gym. And it's a gym, who sells it? So that's all I could get. I went into the gym, I was so irritated. I felt more irritated the fact that like I hadn't had anything like this in two months. And the first time I do, it's this. It's this stuff. If you like this stuff, you have a serious problem, I'm sorry. Like you can fill in our prayer form, say I drink boost energy and I need prayer. Like that's some demon stuff. And so it's all, all I could get my hands on. It was expensive and I, I go to the gym and I end up realizing after the gym session, I'd forgotten my breakfast. Okay, I told you I've been meal prepping, I've been intentional, I forgot my water and I forgot my breakfast. Now I had, been, I had things in like glass jars and everything was like laid out. I forgot my breakfast. So I ended up having to spend another 75 pounds on whatever they had there. And it definitely wasn't what I should have been eating. And it wasn't, didn't even satisfy me. I just had to eat it anyway. And as I sat there thinking like, oh, this is frustrating. And I just really, it was like a snapshot moment where I just took a picture and thought, this is a really interesting place to be in. I wonder if sometimes our faith, our Christianity, our Christian journey looks just like that picture. Here's the principle in this, that we have everything we need. We, we've packed everything that we need. We've got all the stuff. We've got everything that we think we need, but we've missed the essentials. We've missed the essentials. It's like we have everything in this Christian faith. We have what we believe about some peripheral issues. We have what we believe about this and we know down to every little detail of this doctrine about that or we think we know what this means for us in our life regarding this specific issue on this, but we've missed the essentials. We've missed the core things. We've missed what this whole thing is about. And you know what ends up happening? 
exactly like me in that vending machine, is what we do as Christians, we go to the most convenient thing that offers us some form of essential theology, some form of essential belief, and it ends up costing us more than it should do, and it ends up not even being the right stuff that we need to be feeding ourselves, and it leaves us uncomfortable, it leaves us vulnerable, and it definitely does not do what it's supposed to do. I wonder if that is a picture of your life. I wonder if that has been a picture of your life for a long time where we have packed everything we think we need but we've missed some of the most important things in our faith. I want us to be a people that are grounded. Not just grounded in our identity as people and who we are in the eyes of God but people who are grounded in our faith. People who are grounded in what we believe. People that know their essentials. People that do not forget water when they go to the gym. I will never be one of those again, I promise you. And anyway, side note, the gym, they should have water. And anyway, so we need to be people that are grounded, that know the essentials, know these core fundamental beliefs. That is why these five weeks are going to be so important for us. We are going to be looking at these are the things, these are the most important things. So who is God? I just want to I guess caveat this by saying Christian tradition, so I don't mean traditionalism, I mean Christian tradition. So as Christianity has developed over the years, they've held on to what's called orthodoxy. So this is like, it would be like the fundamental Christian things, like if, if we are Christian or not. You would call that orthodoxy, like are we in line with Christian tradition? And Christian tradition has formulated these things called creeds. And uh, the creed that kind of summarizes, it's like a summary of the, of the Christian faith, it's called the Nicene Creed. And I've kind of used the Nicene Creed as the backbone of this series. These are like the, the statements of faith, the summary of faith. So if you want to go look that up, it's called the Nicene Creed. And it kind of summarizes Christian orthodoxy. Like I said, today we're going to start with who is God? Who is God? We're going to look at his attributes. We're going, to, we're going to kind of get our heads around what this means for us. So the first attribute, the first uh, uh, point we're going to talk about uh, regarding God is one God. There is one God. As Christians, we believe there is one God. This sounds interesting because uh, when you think about it, uh, especially in 2020 and in modern day, it's, it's very easy for us as Christians to pigeonhole God to Christianity. Now, what I mean by this is we often think that God only exists within the Christian faith, that, you know, these other faiths, these other beliefs are like they have their own gods. I won't argue they have their own forms of God, but we believe that there is only one God. We believe that there is only one God. So people can experience God, but God has chosen to reveal himself through Jesus and through uh, Christianity, obviously, is this movement of Jesus. And God's word, the Bible, is God's way, the way he reveals himself and speaks and kind of self-defines himself in this Bible. So we use this Bible for our doctrine, for our beliefs. And this Bible points us to this belief that there is only one God. We believe in one God. Let's look at this in Mark 12, 29 to 31. These are Jesus' words. It says, and Jesus answered him, The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel. This is Jesus' words. He says, The Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, and all thy strength. That is the first commandment. So Jesus 
Okay, Jesus, the, the revelation of God in human form says this, the Lord God is one. Okay, he is above all, he is one. And I want us to understand this idea of the primacy of God. Okay, I want us to understand this idea that God is not just one of many. God is not just like an equal among these ideas of divinity or deity in our mind. God is like he is prime. It is like before all, after all. It's like at the beginning of the Bible, it says, in the beginning, God. Let's stop there. We need to understand that before everything, there was God. And after everything, there will be God. And through everything and for everything and by everything, as in the only reason everything exists is because of God. God is more powerful. He is before. He is higher. He is uncomprehensible. Like we have to understand this idea that we will never be able to understand God. Think about that. His power, His uh, the, this primacy, this state of being before all and outside of time and outside of this creation, yet in this creation and through this creation, God is one. He is in the way we, like a child would say, like, oh, I'm number one. Like God is number one. It says in Exodus 20, two to three, there will be no other gods before me. Now, he's, God's saying this in, this in the sense of like, don't put anything before me. Don't worship other things before me. But he's also making a self-defining statement. There is nothing before me. There is nothing that rivals my power. There is nothing that rivals the seat I have in all of creation and existence. God is one. God also is one in this sense that we understand God as Trinity. Or as triune, or this word, the Godhead. Now, I want to explain this for a little bit. We don't have time to to jump into the the mystery of this, but as a Christian, you need to have a healthy appetite for mystery. You need to be okay with not understanding every single detail of the mysteries of God. In some ways, we should lean into that mystery. And the more we don't understand things, the closer we should get to God. Instead of I don't understand you, God, so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna push you away because I can't comprehend it. Instead, the mystery should cause us to run into God. Let me understand you more. Let me, try and, let me try and figure out more of who you are. Let me encounter more of you. So we believe in one God, but this also kind of flips on its head. We believe that God is one. Okay, this sounds interesting. God is one because we believe God is Trinity. So the idea of Trinity just means three. Okay, God is three persons but one being. This is not three in one. This is three and one. This is the rule of unity and diversity. Okay, this is a paradox, but this is God. This is unity and diversity. So God is at community, in community with himself. Okay, this is not three gods. We believe God is one. Okay, we are monotheistic, one God. We believe that God is one within himself. And I want us to just quickly understand this this distinction between complex and simple beings, okay? We are complex beings. God is a simple being. What do I mean by this? A complex being relies on something other than itself for its existence, whereas a simple being relies on nothing other than itself to be itself. For example, without water, humanity would not exist. Life could not exist. 
or without these other things that we need in life for for life to happen here for example like gravity or something like uh, oxygen we rely on other things we are complex made up of parts whereas god needs nothing other than god to be god okay he he is not made up of parts this idea of simple and complex we are made up of parts god is not made up of parts if god was made up of parts then he would not be god god is one Okay, we need to understand that this is mystery. We're never going to be able to wrap our heads around the mystery of the Trinity, but we need to understand this God is three and one. A couple pictures that we want to see here in Jesus' baptism in Mark, we see Jesus getting baptized. We see the heavens open, God speaks, God the Father speaks, and we see the, the Holy Spirit descend as a dove. This is a moment where we see the Trinity. There's also a moment that we can engage in that communion, that that community of Father, uh, Son, and Holy Spirit, this Trinity. We can exist in that when we pray the Lord's Prayer. Think about it. We are praying the, the, the Son's words through the power of the Spirit to the Father. Think about that for a second. There's a way in which it, the, the Trinity is demonstrated in our lives. But the thing is, when we believe that God is one, God lives in community with himself. So when uh, we live in God, everything exists because of God, everything exists in God, we then live within this community. We live in the effect of God. So we as humanity, it says that we are image bearers. We are made in the image and likeness of God. We see this in Genesis. And uh, we have this inherent desire for connection, for intimacy, for community. Now, we don't live well on our own. We weren't designed to live on our own. That's because we live in the effect of God. And the effect of God is unity and diversity. Now, it might seem like a paradox, but look at the church. Unity and diversity. Okay, look at humanity. There can be unity and diversity. So when we look at the Godhead or the Trinity, we believe God is one. And in that it is three and one. So we're going to move on. But God, we believe in one God. We believe that God is one. The second thing, if you're taking notes, is we believe that God is almighty and all-powerful. Almighty and all-powerful. Listen to this in Ephesians 4, 6. It says, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all, and in you all. Okay, God the Father, we believe, now this is core to our faith, we believe that God is almighty and all-powerful, so he is above all, and he is through all, and in all. Say, we believe that God is almighty and all-powerful. Genesis 35, 11, this is again, God's self-defining here. Uh, God says, I am God almighty. Now, we need to understand this just for a second, but I'm going to just read another verse out from 1 Corinthians 8, 6, and then we're going to dig into this a little bit. It says, Yet for us there is but one God, the Father, from whom all things came and from whom we live. And there is but one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom all things came and through whom we live. There is that God the Father through all things came and in which we live. Now, the Greek understanding of this word almighty is this word pantocrator. Now, this, this word could be understood as sort of creator of all. But a, a more sort of finely tuned understanding of this word pantocrator means holder of all. Okay, holder of all. So when we sing that song as children, you may have heard it, you may have not, that he holds the world, he's got the whole world in his hands. 
Okay, this isn't this idea that, you know, just this idea that God is massive and the world is tiny. It's this idea that everything exists in the very being of God. That life is sustained. Life was breathed into existence. Life is sustained and held in the being and essence of God. Now, God didn't just tap the first domino and sit back and and watch this whole thing unfold before him. He is in and through every single daily activity. He's almighty. He's all-powerful. This is core to our faith and we need to understand this. This will shape our worldview. This will shape our daily lives. If we believe that we are following a God that is all-powerful and holds the very existence of life and the universe and creation and everything that we see and don't see is held within His essence that changes the way we relate to Him. He wants to know you. He wants to be in relationship with you. This does not mean that He is some big, unapproachable, scary thing that we just cannot know. He wants to know you. He made you, He designed you, and He wants to know you. Yet He is all-powerful. Would that not change the way we live our lives? To say, actually, it's core to our faith to understand that God is all-powerful. So when I face situations and that very God says, do not fear, I am with you. That's not a hollow promise. That's not someone who can't pay for the thing that they've ordered. I heard someone say, if God ordered the pizza, He's going to pay for the pizza. Now we have to understand this. If God says that He is almighty, He's self-defined this. Genesis 35, I am the Lord almighty. I am God almighty. Everything exists in me and through me and because of me. He wants to know you and He wants to be in relationship with you today. That should blow your mind. That should change the way that you relate to God. This is not just a religion that helps you sleep at night. This is a living, breathing relationship with the the Almighty God. There is no one that sits higher than Him. There is no one with more power than Him. I love that, that the Greeks had this understanding of this holder of all. Whatever you are facing today, I want these, these essential beliefs not just to stay as knowledge, this isn't like a me petting your intellect or your, your bank of knowledge about God. I, this, is, this should be revelation to you. This should be an understanding. This should, this should be something that, that should change you today. Why? Because whatever you're facing, whatever it is you've got going on in your life, as we as people are facing a very unknown future, we don't know what society is going to look like. We don't know what the future holds but we know that we serve a God who holds the future and He holds the balance of life in His very essence. That everything exists in Him and through Him. We believe that God is one. We believe He's above everything. We believe in the primacy of God. We believe that He is almighty and all-powerful. Let's move on. We believe that God is a creator. He's a creator of everything that is seen, nature, the universe, and everything that is unseen. Okay, so that there is a spiritual realm. There are realms that we cannot physically, tangibly put our hands on. God is the creator of all. Now, I don't want you to, to understand this as, you know, God just created here and created there. No, no, no. Everything that is, is because of God. Everything that has ever been and ever will, again, is held in the very essence of God. We believe fundamentally, as Christians, this is a fundamental, essential belief for us, that God is creator. 
Now, I don't want to go into peripherals or how did he create or what does Genesis mean for this and is it scientific, is it not? That is, that's not the point. We're talking who is God. God is one. God is almighty. God is powerful. God is a creator. God is a creator. I've already read it, but let's go again. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. I find this, that's in Genesis 1.1. I find this interesting that so many people take this. They take this and they go, um, okay, but how? Yeah, 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 God created heaven, but how? You know, again, straight to the peripheral, straight to the, like, let's understand. Genesis was written as an account of who God is. Okay, the purpose of the book of Genesis is that the writer was trying to kind of retell Israel's story back to Israel and kind of remind them because they were in exile, they came out of exile. This is like this culturally formational um, like narrative of this is the God. They called him Yahweh. This was like the unspoken words. This is, this is the God in which we serve. Like this is, these are the doctrines. This is, this is where we need to line up with here. The writer who they suspect is, is Moses, is saying, look, this is what we believe. This is who God is. So when we read in the beginning, God created heavens and earth, this is not the writer sitting there being like, let me write a scientific account so in hundreds of years, thousands of years, people can precisely retell exactly what happened in those very moments. No, he's talking about God. He's trying to tell us something about the nature and essence and character of who God is. So when we read Genesis, we need to understand that this is supposed to kind of reaffirm who God is to us. And it says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God is a creator. He created the heavens and the earth. He created the unseen and the seen. Everything exists because God is a creator. Listen to this in Isaiah 44, 24. It says, this is what the Lord says. Again, God self-defining. Okay, I'm not reading things about people who might have like, you know, oh, this is a theory about this. This is not this. This is God self-defining himself. Okay, I'm reading scripture of God saying, this is who I am. And this is what you need to believe about who I am. My character, my attributes. This is what he says. This is what the Lord says. Your redeemer who formed you in the womb I am the Lord, maker of all things, who stretches out the heavens, who spreads out the earth by myself. Okay, self-definition. I create things and I did it by myself. Okay, there is nothing that God needed in order for him to speak things into existence. There is nothing God needed in order to breathe life. God is a creator and he stretched out the heavens and he spread out the earth because that is what he does. He is a creator. And I love this because when we understand God as a creator, this is one of his key fundamental attributes. Again, go read the Nicene Creed. This is what this is about. These are our statements of faith. God is one. God is almighty, all powerful. He is a creator of unseen and seen things. I love this. Listen to this. In Romans 1.20, it says, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature, so God's invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. Read that again. It'll be on the screen. Listen to this. This is, this is what this is saying, is that the invisible, intangible qualities of God, His eternal power, 
okay, almighty, all-powerful, his eternal power and his divine nature, his attributes, his character, have been clearly seen, where? In, in the natural world. It's like the, the, the right here. It's like Paul saying, look, look around, look at nature. No, no one can say they've not seen God. Look around. Look at, look at DNA. Look at the existence of life. Look at the finely tuned balance of where we live and who we are and the fact that the probability that we exist, we should not exist. Like, I've just watched so many things recently and there's some documentaries that have come out about people talking about some, some things about why we exist and, and the world and how we exist and all these different things and these theories. And I'm like, every time people try and disprove God when it comes to nature, God is more profoundly seen. The, the more intricate and the detail and all of the things that are required for life just point to this creator that, that instill beauty that, that breathes life and transcendence over everything that is seen. It's like Paul saying in this verse in Romans, God has revealed his qualities in nature and in life. Why? So that the people are without excuse. In other words, you can't argue against God when you look at the beauty and the wonder of nature. Why? Because God has revealed himself. We call this general revelation. It's not specific revelation to one person or a couple people. General revelation to humanity. God is defining, self-defining, self-revealing himself to people. So we need to understand that God is a creator. What does this mean for us? That means that there is intentionality behind God towards you. Okay, God has breathed life into you. There is a plan on your life. There is a purpose on your life. He wants to be in relationship with you. God being a creator means that you are not here by accident. God being a creator means that you did not just end up listening to this message right here, right now, by chance. It means that God has an intention with everything he does behind everything he, he journeys with you in life. Think about that for a second. That should change the way we relate to God, change the way we move. Why? Because if we believe fundamentally that God is a creator, it means that he created things with purpose. He created things with meaning. There is meaning to your life. Some people, maybe you will find yourself in this place when they experience pain and suffering. And life can be terrifying. And the depth of pain can be so can be so real in our lives that we begin to dis, like, distance ourselves from God and we begin to push Him away and we begin to doubt and we begin to think, maybe, maybe not, but if we believe that God is a creator, if you find yourself in that place of thinking, is there any meaning to any of this? Yes, because God has self-defined Himself, revealed Himself as a creator. He is not finished with you. He made you with a purpose and he wants to know you. God is one. We believe in one God, not three gods. We believe in one God who is almighty and all powerful. We believe that he is a creator of everything seen and everything unseen. These are the foundations. These are the essentials. Like we've not had time to jump into every single detail about God. We've not had time to, to go into some intricacies, but this is a, a general overview. This is what we believe. Can I encourage you? Go and dig into this. If you, if you have a desire and intrigue 
Like, take your faith into your own hands today. Let's not be people that just sort of sit back and, and wait for faith to kind of unfold in our lives and, and be, like, be like me at the gym where you end up taking something that's convenient, some YouTube theology, some, some stuff that will puff your intellect up, some, something that sounded go from a book or something that sounded like it was right and it's like you haven't packed your water. Okay, and you know what the problem is with convenient theology, with convenient essentials? It will cost you far more than you need to pay. It is far more dangerous in your life than you think. Okay, this stuff, okay, is just an example, but this stuff, I was feeling horrible for a couple of hours after I drank all that sugar and whatever is in it, petrol. Okay, if you settle for convenient theology and you don't nail down the essentials, it will it will destruct parts of your life. It will begin to warp you. Let's be people that understand our foundations, that understand the essentials of our faith. We've talked about God. Now I want you to go do some more reading, some digging, take this into your own hands. Be intentional about your faith, about your belief. And if you're listening for the first time and you're maybe thinking, well, I, I, wanna, I wanna know a little bit more about this. And uh, you maybe are thinking, well, my worldview doesn't line up with that. And as Christians, our worldview is completely informed by the word of God, by the Bible. And what the Bible says about who God is. Okay, our lives and our worldview are governed by those things, are informed by those things. Maybe you're sat here today thinking, I'm intrigued about this. I, I want to know a little bit more. Can I just say to you today that God knows you? He made you. He made you with a purpose and He desires relationship with you. The God above all, the, the, the power beyond power, the one who was before and will be after and is through and in everything, holds existence in His very essence. He wants relationship with you today. He knows your past. He knows your future. He knows your mistakes. He knows your dreams. And in this very moment right now, I want you to know that He loves you with a love that will chase you down at every opportunity. It has been chasing you down for years. You say, well, I've not felt it. All those moments that you have sat there contemplating, or what is that, and, and feeling connected to something bigger than yourself, and, and wondering, but what if there is a God, and what if I'm wrong, and whatever it is, God has been trying to break down your door for a long time. And I want you to know that He loves you so much that He sent Himself embodied in Jesus, Jesus is the revelation of God made human form, made in human form. He walked this earth. He died a human, horrible death to take on your brokenness, your guilt, your shame, all the mistakes you've made and will make. Jesus took him upon the cross and he died so that you could experience freedom. And three days later, he rose again and ascended back to heaven. And you now have a way to be the person you were designed to be in relationship with God. That is what God did for you. Christianity is the only religion that does not say, here are the rules, approach God in this way. It's the only religion that, that says, God came down for humanity. God came after humanity. God created a rescue plan for humanity to be pulled back into the original state, the creation ideal. That is our God. He is one. He is almighty and all-powerful. He is creator of seen and unseen. And he wants to know you. And if you want to know him today, all you got to do is pray a real simple prayer. You need to acknowledge what he did on the cross for you. 
Acknowledge that He loves you. Accept His love. Get your life and your dreams and your mistakes and your brokenness and your shame and your sin and your dysfunction and your questions and your doubts and you just place them before Jesus and say, Jesus, I give you my life. God, I want to know you. Can you reveal yourself to me? Say, Jesus, I give you my life. Today could be a day that will change your life forever. That will, that will flood your life with a contentment and a fulfillment and a love and a peace that is beyond any understanding that you've ever had before. That God wants to know you today. He wants to be in relationship. Let's pray. Father God, I want to thank you that you're here in every single room watching this right now. God, I thank you for your word that you have revealed yourself to us. You have self-defined yourself. God, I thank you that we don't have to, to rustle around in the dark, that we don't have to pretend anything about you, we don't have to make up things about you. You have told us everything we need to know about you. And God, most of all, I thank you that you have stretched out your arm and you have pulled us in, that you have called us into a relationship with you. God, I thank you for Jesus and the sacrifice you made for us. For every single person this morning, God, that made that decision for the first time to follow you, God, I pray that you would just encapsulate them right now with your, with your love and with your grace and with your spirit. God, I pray for everyone who has already known you. May today be a day of deep revelation and a kind of reawakening of that intrigue in our faith again. May we be people that know who we are and know the essentials of our faith. We thank you for who you are, God, and, and all that you have done and all you have said to us. We thank you for this church and how you've got your hand on us right now. And you will continue to pull us into the future that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer for the very first time today, we want to know, we want to journey with you, we want to support you. So if you want to get in touch with us, we want to celebrate and champion with you as well. I uh, champion you. So uh, can you get in touch and uh, we'll send you some stuff, some next steps, all that sort of thing. But other than that, it's been uh, amazing today. Thank you for joining us, whoever you are. Uh, I hope you have felt stirred and encouraged and inspired to step into a deeper relationship with God and to step into that future that he has for you. We will see you next week, but thank you for joining us. You've been listening to a weekly message from Light Church. If you would like any more information, you can find us online or on social media. Thanks for listening.